0: we look not at things that you're seen, but which are things that you're unseen. There's an unseen world out there. That I, can't, I can't show it to you, but I know it's real. It's touched my life. It's changed me. There's an unseen world that we're all, and in that world there's a God that we're all going to face one day. One day we're going to step out of our bodies, and you can laugh, and you can make fun, and you can live the way you want to live, and God will let you one of these days, you're going to step out of your body, and you're going to face him. And if you've served him and loved him and given your life to him, you'll spend eternity in glory. Otherwise, you'll spend eternity in total damnation. Bill Weiss is a man who went to hell in 1988. God took him out of his body. He said, I was, I was just an ordinary Christian. I was, he's a realtor in Southern California. I've met him. My son, my son is on, on his board, and we've met him several times. He's, he's a great guy. He's a very low-key, very quiet guy. So I went to bed one uh, Sunday night. I came home from Sunday night service. I went to bed. About 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up like a, like a shot. Just woke up, and God put me out of my body and sent me to hell. He went to hell for, for 23 minutes. 21, 23. His wife found him in the living room floor. 23 minutes. He looked at the clock. It was three o'clock. He 23 minutes later, his wife found him on the living room floor, screaming for water. He said, "But hell! And when I went to hell, God took God took off of me." The awareness that I was a Christian, so I—I I couldn't. When I was there, I didn't say, "I'm a Christian, God. I know I'll, I know God will take me out of here." He said, "I felt I felt the hopelessness of ne- of having this. This is eternity for me. When you go there, it's eternity, forever, 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 forever never. God is real. If you give your life to Him, He'll touch you." I've experienced him. I can't deny him. His apostles were willing to die for him because they were so convinced that he's real. He's a real God. We're not just going through the motions here this morning. We've come to worship a God that we believe is real. And we know him. When I was sitting there worshiping this morning. I thought, God, you're real. When, For years, I went to church. I didn't even know God I, I, I wasn't even sure if I believed in God but I went to church I was religious to, to a degree but religion will never get you close to God you have to surrender your life to him how do you describe a God that's all powerful that's infinite there are a multiplicity of names in scripture to try to describe him so we can Understand him. He's primarily, he revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush when Moses said, who, who am I going to tell the people sent me? He said, tell them I am sent you. He's the I am. He's the eternal self-existent God, the creator of all things, visible and invisible. He's Yahweh, he's Jehovah. Actually, the the Hebrew says Y-H-W-H. It's, it's a word that can't be pronounced, and Orthodox Jews today won't even say that name. He's El Shaddai. He's Almighty God. He's Adonai. He's Lord and Master. He's El Elyon. He's the Most High God. He's Jehovah Shabbat. He's the Lord of the host of, he- of heavenly armies. You know there's armies in heaven? And they win every time. The names that describe God. Then there's, then there's what, what the Bible calls, what Bible scholars call the redemptive names of God. To reveal who He is to those who are His, to His people. Who He is as our Redeemer. In Psalm 23, he's our shepherd. He's the one who guides us and protects us. In Exodus 15, he's our healer. He's the Lord who heals us. In Exodus 17, he's the Lord, our banner. He's the one who gives us victory over our enemies. In Judges, he's our peace. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he thought he would die. But the Lord said to him, peace to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. It says Gideon built an altar to the, to the Lord and named it the Lord is peace. He's in Jeremiah, he's the Lord of our righteousness. When we were incapable of, of attaining righteousness on our own, he made righteousness available to us through the sacrifice of his son. You can't, you can't get to God on your own. You can't earn your way to heaven. There's, there's millions of people that go to church, and they all try to work their way to heaven. I'm, I'm going to be a good Catholic. I'm going to be a good Baptist. I'm going to be a good Methodist. God will have something to do with me. No, he won't. You have to humble yourself. Fall at the foot of the cross and say, God, forgive me. Come into my life, change me. In Ezekiel, he's the Lord who's there. He's the Lord who's present with us. There's one more I left out. Do you know what it is? Don't have to. It's found in Genesis chapter 22. We went there last Sunday, I believe. Genesis 22. So everyone, put your phones away. I'll tell you the answer. No cheating. (laughs) Where God, in Genesis chapter 2, when God told Abraham to offer his son as a burnt offering, and Abraham raised the knife, and God stopped him. The angel stopped him. It said, Abraham raised his eyes, verse 13, and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns." And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said this day in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. God's a providing God for his people. He wants us to look to him, to trust him, to be our provider. And that's what I feel like. I've had this stirring in me for several weeks, and I feel like God, God just wants to make every bring everyone of us to a point where we're trusting Him for our provision, not in our own strength. I tell you, God, God can make provision in your life beyond your wildest dreams. Let me. I just tell you a couple. We've we we've, we've had some really really lean years in this as serving God. We had a couple of years where we almost lost our house. I remember some guy from, from the bank came knocking on our door, unannounced. He said, if you don't start paying your property taxes, we're going to foreclose on your house. Man, that's not much fun when you've got five kids. But God did it. God, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. I'm going to tell you the secret of how. But I just want to tell you, he can get your money anyway. He can, he can do it anyway. We had a lady come into the church, whose husband wasn't saved, and he was an avid hunter. I mean, this guy—I think if he, if he had to choose between hunting and his family, he'd say, "See you later." <laughs> he was that kind of a guy. He really was. And he'd been saving for—he'd uh, been saving up for a new rifle. It, it was, he had his money in a cigar box, you know. You young people don't know what a cigar box is, but he you know, how me know what a cigar box, a real cigar box. And he'd been saving for a couple years, I think. And one day, my doorbell rings, and this guy's standing in front of me with a cigar box. He says, God spoke, God said to give this to you. He was shaking. He gave me the box. He walked away. I opened it up. I brought it inside. There was about $400 in there. That's a lot of money 40 years ago. And boy, we needed some groceries. We needed lots of stuff. An unsaved guy, God brought his rifle money to me. He said, God spoke to me and told me to give this to you. He was shaken. Things like that don't happen all the time. But i am just showing you, just don't put the limits on God. It was never, it's never been boring. We've, there was a time my wife was pregnant with our son, David. We didn't have health insurance. We were what they call self-pay. She started going to the doctor. Anybody here remember Dr. Elliot? So she started going to the doctor. Dr. Elliott said, by the time you're six months, you need, you need to pay me my fee up front, otherwise I won't keep being your doctor. So the, the day she had that appointment, We had property taxes due, and we had a doctor bill due. I said, I'm not delivering this child at home. Pay the doctor. (laughs) We'll believe God for the money for the property taxes. So she had her appointment with the doctor. She came out to the front desk, and she said, what do I owe you? The girl at the front desk said, wait a minute. I'll find out. She came back. She said, the doctor says no charge. So we paid our property taxes and praised God. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) I had somebody run run into me in my car, put a big dent in my car. Insurance company sent me a check. I think we paid property taxes with that check too. (laughs) My point is, God can get it to you folks not a problem for him. But you've got to trust him. Be willing to be the person he wants you to be. God doesn't mind if we prosper. There's an abundance of scriptures that that declare his desire for us to prosper. Listen, Deuteronomy 8.18, wonderful scripture. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to get wealth. Power to get wealth. I like that. That he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So that's old, covenant, that's old Testament. Yeah, but we're in covenant relationship with him today. Psalm 35, the Lord be magnified, who delights in the prosperity of his servants. God does a mind if you have it. God, the, Lord, the Spirit of God spoke to me years ago and said, I'll always run it through you if as long as you don't get sticky fingers. Proverbs 1022 is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. You know, I've been poor and I've been rich. Rich is better. I know what it's like to have that bill collector. Every time the phone rings, your blood pressure jumps about 30 points. And I looked at my wife and she said, You gonna answer? I said, No, you gonna answer? She said, No. We let it ring. Beloved, 3 John, 3 John 2, beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper, I'll put it financially, and be in good health physically, just as your soul prospers emotionally. God wants us to be all together, fixed. And then it says this in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Jesus became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. Did you know that scripture was in there? We always talk about forgiveness of sin and that's primary. Primary thing is to to be born again. Make sure you're going to heaven. Because you can go to heaven poor and you can go to heaven sick. But Make sure you're going to heaven. But Jesus became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. That rich doesn't mean you're all going to be millionaires, but means to have an ample supply. God doesn't mind if we prosper. He wants us to prosper. It shows everybody he's a good father. We have to be cautious. Because money can be a great blessing, but it can also be a tremendous corrupter. You know the scripture, First Timothy chapter six. But those who want to get rich—see, that's the thing. It's not those who are rich; but those who want to get rich. People do all kinds of things to get to get things that it's not rightfully theirs. They they don't declare all their tax, all the money on the taxes. They lie when they fill out things like heap. You, you got to be honest, folks. When you do when you fill out forms. Yeah, don't don't cheat, because God sees. it. I tell you one thing, I'm, I read about people that take things, like they, they run into some store and they grab something and run out. That is so foreign to me. can you? how can anybody do that? Take what's not yours. When Jesus comes back, you won't have to lock your house, you won't have to lock your car, you won't have to lock the store, you won't have to lock anything. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and passed themselves through with many griefs. Got to watch out. Because we all need it. We all need money. But always remember it belongs to God. and just as there are certain attitudes and actions that hinder God's provision from flowing to us, there are attitudes and actions that kind of I don't know what's the right word to activate God's provision. One of them is just living living a a, a righteous lifestyle, being honest, being godly, being. Doing the right thing. Listen. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Why? Because he's living right. God can't bless us if we're not living right. Psalm 5 says, Let all those who put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass them as with a shield. God will bless us for for living right. And finally, Deuteronomy 28. It says, now it shall be if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments which I command you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. i must slow down so you can overtake me. If you hearken to the Lord your God. The other activity that involves, that activates, you might say, God's provision is the principle of sowing and reaping. It's a principle we see throughout the scriptures. Now this is not a message on tithing, but the tithe is applicable in this this sense. Giving to God what belongs to God activates his provision. If we're not sowing anything, we're not going to reap anything. And what belongs to you, you have to give to God what belongs to God. And what belongs to God is the tithe. People say, oh, that's Old Testament. That's the law. Okay. But uh, let's, let's do this law of first mention. Remember, remember last week we talked about the law of first mention? Let's do the law of first mention. Where is it first mentioned? Oh... We're back in Genesis again. Genesis chapter 14. When Abraham returned from the defeat of the kings and a, man named, and a man named Melchizedek met him. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, it says in Genesis fourteen eighteen, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was priest of the Most High of God most high. The Bible in Hebrew says that Jesus Christ is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Look what he brought out. What did he bring out? Bread and wine. The body and the blood. He brought. He's a type of Christ. And he blessed him. Ab- he blessed Abraham and he said, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered our enemies into your hand. And he, Abraham, gave him, Melchizedek, a tenth of all. Ten percent. When Jacob was running from his brother Laban because he stole his blessing. From his brother Esau because he stole his blessing. He stopped along the way. Remember he had a dream where he had a vision. He saw a ladder going up to heaven and the angels of God ascending and descending on it. He woke up and Jacob made a vow saying, this is in Genesis chapter 28. Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, and return me to my father's house in safety. Then the Lord will be my God. This stone which I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, called Bethel. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So this is, Abraham lived 500 years before the law, 500 years before Moses. Abraham said, I'm going to give you a tenth. Jacob said, if you protect me and watch over me, I'm going to give you a tenth. Where'd that number come from? I believe it came from God, because when God made, it, made it, giving in the law a requirement, He used that same number. He called it the tithe, ten percent. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, if we honor the Lord from our wealth and from the first of all of your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new no wine. When we give to God, belongs to God. We honor Him. We trust him. We say, God, I'm going to sow. I think you're going to be my provider. And we have a lot of people in this church who tithe. And are, but don't just give without believing God for the return. You're sowing, believe God. The Bible says, lay not up for yourself treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Lay up, lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. Moth and rust can't destroy, thieves cannot break in his seal. We give to God belongs to God, we're laying up treasure in heaven. It's he says that you can't have treasure on earth, but don't have it just on earth. Second Corinthians chapter nine, the apostle Paul says, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. By your measure, it says in one scripture. By your measure, it'll be measured to you in return. Now, talking about finances is a touchy subject because most people are very private. We don't go around, hey, what'd you make last week? I don't know. What'd you make? Uh, You want to see my checkbook? You want to see how I spend my money? Sure. Let me see yours. Sure. We're very private. We are. God sees. God wants us to know that he's a God who wants to bless us. He wants to make provision in our life, but we have to do our part. And our part is giving to God what belongs to God. Malachi says, if we give to, if we give to God, God the tithe, he'll pour out a blessing until there's not room enough to contain it. I said, come on, God, do it. I'll get a bigger container. You can overflow that one, too. People that start tithing, I've often said, trust God, but don't be surprised if it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it takes a little while for the crop to come up, but just keep doing what's right. God wants us to know Him as a provider, to believe Him as a provider. He'll He'll make provision in your life. And if you, and if you're in a position financially where you can't you can't, if you did that, you'd go you'd go under. Do what you can. Do something. Start. Start somewhere. Start sowing something somewhere. The Bible says God will provide seed for sowing and bread to, bread to the eater and seed for sowing. That's right. So the bread he gives you to eat, eat. The seed he gives you to sow, sow. I told you sir before one time. My wife's my wife's brother was sending us a thousand dollars a month for for years when we first went back into the ministry. Without that, we'd we'd have been totally totally bankrupt. One day, we the mail came, and it, and it was from her brother, and I expected it was going to be a check just like any other month. We were driving down a thruway, just about where that uh, rest stop is half between, on the way to Syracuse. We just about there. She opened the letter and she, she said, Ned, look. She was, I'm driving. She, it was a check for $20,000. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know what we did? We took, we took the tithe, first thing, sent it out. Get it out. Get that seed out there. God will bless you. He will, if we'll do what's right. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. I was thinking that, Corrie, that, that saying that Corrie Ten Boone, we when we talked about Corey Ten Boone, she said, I've learned to hold all things loosely so that God doesn't have to pry them out of my hands. Are your finances in a tight hand or a loose hand? The rich young ruler's was, his hands were too tight. God couldn't open them, and he missed God. If Jesus is Lord, he's going to be Lord over our finances too. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're so good to us. In spite of who we are, you love us. In spite of our shortcomings and our weaknesses, you bless us. I pray, Father, for faith to arise in our hearts, to believe you to be our provider. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.